Amateur. you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British
British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio right now? Hello, are you there? Who are you? Well, it's Crazy Ed here, and I brought some crazy music. Ed, you are back. Welcome back to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, Ed Lasco. What's going to happen today? What have you brought well, to start off with, we're... we're and if people have wondered what have you wrought, well, you wrought Thunderbird Radio Hell, because you started the show Thunderbird Radio Hell that still runs on CITR every Thursday nights. But back to you, Ed. Me what have Peter. you brought? Not what have you wrought. Well, uh, we're starting to show off with some uh, Ike Turner. Ike Turner was a musician, band leader. Town scout and record producer, and on that last one, he got paid twenty-five thousand dollars to get his ass out of the studio. Which is a question I should have asked him when both you and I did an interview with Ike Turner, and that's coming up as well on an Ardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. Yeah, wow. And what else do we have today? Lots of Ike Turner and some rarest of the rare coming up too. Yeah, we got a uh, well, kind of mini, mini history of, of Ike, and uh, on the top of the hour, we're going into the rarest of the rare, Canadian and Americano. Rarest uh, of the rare part two, because we did rarest of the rare part one a little while back. A little while back, yeah. We're going to play some uh, $1,000 uh, a copy American Rockabilly records paired against some uh, incredibly rare Canadian rock and roll things. Just they're so uncommon, you can't expect to find a copy in the, re- the rest of your life. And we will also have an interview with Ike Turner. Himself. What do we have coming up right now for from, Ikeisms there from, at Lasco? From beyond the grave. Actually, um, we Who got, is Ike Turner? Do you want to say who Ike Turner is to anybody, or do you want to just get right on to the tunes? Actually, uh, you know, I, w- I was just looking on the internet last night, and there's like, a, oh, what was it, 159 uh, sites de- dedicated to him. Um, Ike Turner didn't know his real name until he um, uh, wanted to get a passport. Um, any rate, um, what was his name? Did I write it down here someplace? Interestingly enough, the passport probably was to come to Canada because Canada was the first country he visited outside the United States of America. Wow. Right now, what do we have coming up? Do you have some other notes there, Ed? Yeah, well, I was just wondering if I Do you want the notes or do you want the coming up? Um, There's so much to jam in here today. Well, well let's let's get right to it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, one one of his hits from uh, July '61, and um, I just found this out not too long ago. That this is kind of my favorite uh, Ike and Turner t- thing. But uh, Mickey and Sylvia, Mickey Baker, Mickey Guitar Baker, and Sylvia Vanderbilt are singing backup vocals on this one, and the incredible guitar work I think must be Mickey Baker. That must be his incredible riff here it is ike turner with mickey and sylvia with 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 the name of the trackhead oh it's a it's gonna work out fine Just starting to get next to me. Honey, that was my plan from the very beginning. Darling, uh-huh. I never thought that this could be. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Your lips set my soul on fire. You fulfill my one desire. Oh, darling. Yes, yes. I think it's going to work out. 
tell you something, I, I can't. Uh-huh. I've been to see the preacher man. A preacher man? You must be losing your mind. I started. Started what? Started making wedding plans. Oh, really?
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Kiba 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, with Ed here, bringing out his cache of Ike Turner records to prepare you for an interview that me and Ed did with Ike Turner, who now is rest in peace. Some people did probably want Ike Turner dead when he was alive, namely Tina Turner. He wasn't really too nice to Tina Turner, was he, Ed? Well, you know, I read his book, you know, and he was rebutting the, the, the stuff that, that Tina was, was saying about him, you know. I can, I can empathize with him to a certain point, you know, because he was, he was uh, you know, he was hooked on cocaine, and that's what actually killed him. You know, and, and Tina was holding the cocaine, and she wouldn't give him that, you know. Well, but, that's the, the great thing about CITR is you can have your opinion, and other people like Tina Turner can have their opinion, and they can all come together on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So, Ed, what did we just hear right there? Well, that was Ike's breakthrough hit, A Fool in Love. That was that was a huge hit on the R&B charts. It went to number, tw- number two and lasted 21 weeks. It also uh, broke through to the Hot 100 and, and was top 30 at number 27. So that was his breakthrough hit he'd been looking for for about 10 years. Some things about Ike Turner surprise you, and that's that he did rockabilly. You did not know that, Ed. I didn't know that till I read his book. And when I read his book, uh, he mentioned a lot of things uh, that he'd been associated with and that he didn't get credit for. And, um, you know, I wish I could have put my hands on the book before coming down and doing the show, but I couldn't find it. I looked everywhere. I could not find my book. <laughs> and what do we have coming up now that exemplifies Ike Turner's rockabilly Well, this is it. He, you know, uh, this, this was what really freaked me out when I read that book is that he actually cut a couple rockabilly tracks as um let's see icky renruck ren renrut which is uh renrut is uh turner spelled backwards you know like saritan spelled backwards is nature's and and uh the aminons which is no names spelled backwards everybody was spelling everything backwards back in the 50s here and what we're going to hear is not ike turner singing but ike turner doing the piano who's actually, on this recording actually um ike turner started off as a piano player and um uh, uh, you know, in his first session, he played piano. But uh, the very next year, he decided he would uh, he would switch to guitar. Uh, he wanted to be uh, a dynamic band leader, and he thought he could be more dynamic uh, standing in front of the, uh, the band instead of playing, you know, hiding behind the piano, as it were. What are we going to hear right now, and what well, is he doing on this particular well, this track? Is the, he's playing uh, lead guitar. You're going to have, hear some great lead guitar there, and uh, the vocal is is uh, done by a guy named Jimmy Thomas. And this is Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. Oh, Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. Rabbit's in the brush too scared to run. The man keeps searching, trying to run him out. But the rabbit's trying to find him another route. Too scared, swimming in his knees. Well, he can't talk even, so it won't be no begging to leave. 
Well, the rabbit took the motion, then he tried to run. The man's been around, then he cocked his gun. The rabbit saw a hole, then he tried to duck. And that's when the man nearly missed him up. Too scared, trembling in his knees. Well, he can't talk, he can sort of warm me, no begging, please. Well, he shot right over the rabbit's head. The rabbit fell down as if he were dead. The man relaxed and laid down his gun. That's when the rabbit was in his mouth. He's scared, trembling in his knees. Well, he can't talk even, so it won't be no begging, please.
and you're still still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show with... Crazy Ed! Hello, Ed! What did we Hi. hear, and what are we doing here? Well, that was a tune called Ho Ho with Ike Turner playing some really, really... Really wicked guitar, and before that we had Jack Rabbit. Um, now Jack Rabbit is is a record that's so rare that a that a, a less than VG plus copy sold for six hundred and seventy six U.S. American dollars. And speaking of rarest of the rare and pricey records, coming up shortly, we're going to be going through a whole bunch of rarest of the rare, rarest of the rare part two, right, Ed? $1,000 rockabilly records. Now, what do we have coming up right now? And some more Ike info. You were saying, where was Ike from? Ike was from Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is uh, home of um, uh, oh, several, several uh, uh, very famous blues singers. But, you know, most notably, that was, um, that was the town that uh, Robert Johnson went down to the crossroads and made a deal with, uh, with the devil. I'm tore up. What's the deal on this particular Ike Turner track? Well, this is um, this is Ike's band with uh, one of his sax players singing the lead on this. This is a guy named Billy Gales, who I think was the um, baritone sax player in the band. And what is this one worth, Ed? Oh, this one's just probably like $20 record. Everybody's got a copy of this, haven't they? I'm tore up. This is from June 1956. Ike Turner.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Winding up here, Ed, what did we just hear right there? That was I'm Tore Up by Billy Gales and Ike King. Ike, Ike. Turner, rather, and the Kings of Rhythm. Now, we're going to get into some rarest of the rare coming up right now, but anything more about Ike Turner or some of the tracks that you just played here? Um, well, um, I think we just sort of discussed everything there. That that last one was cut for the, the federal uh, record company in Cincinnati, Ohio. And what year? 56? That, that was 56. Actually, June of 56, that one came out. So people that know Ike and Tina, this is stuff way before then. Well, actually, uh, Tina joined his band in 56 um, uh, as Little Ann. She was a backup singer for for a couple years. Uh, Supposedly, they married in 58, but I think when he took the, the, uh, made his testimony, he said they never were married, but... uh, you know, I, I changed his story depending who he was talking to. <laughs> and right now, here's one record that says it all. Rocket 88. <laughs>
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have still, still, still in the studio? Who are you? Crazy Ed! And what are we doing today? We're doing Ike Turner right now. We're, we're, um, we're getting set to play an Ike Turner interview, but uh, we just fin- finished hearing Rocket 88 from uh, May 51, which was a huge number one R&B hit back in 51. And as well as Rocket 88 and Ike Turnering today, we're going to be doing Rarest of the Rare Part 2, right? A little while back we did Rarest of the Rare Part 1. This is Rarest of the Rare Part 2. Crazy rare Canadian stuff and $1,000 American rockabillies. Coming up right now is an interview that we did with Ike Turner a few years ago. Again, Ike Turner, rest in peace. Now, during the interview, I showed him a copy of Rocket 88 that we just played. He handed it back to me, I put it on my lap, and then what happened to the record, Ed? Well, before he handed it back to you, he bounced it off the concrete. It was just amazing. Uh, as, it, as it was falling towards the ground, I, I was already thinking to myself, how are you going to react when you, when you see this 78 smashed into little bits? And, and I thought to myself, had it all worked out, I thought, well, you know, nobody's got the, the more perfect right to, to drop his 78 than Ike Turner himself, who was... Uh, the man behind it all. That it was his band, and actually, the the singer Jackie Brinson was the uh, sax player in the band. Um, what makes that record so important? Because some people think Rocket 88 by Ike Turner is important, and some don't think it's important. Why is it important, Ed? Or well, is it important to you? Because you love Bill Haley. Well, I love Bill Haley, but um, a guy named Sam Phillips recorded that in, in his uh, son recording studio. And Sam, of course, of course was uh, an egomaniac, and he promoted the record as the world's first rock and roll record. Um, reading Ike's book, uh, Ike said in his book that uh, as far as he was concerned, it was no different than literally thousands of uh, R&B records that had come out that year and you know, and before it, um, Jackie Brinston, for for his part of uh, point of view, he says that uh, he admits quite quite uh, openly that uh, it was not the record. The uh, lyric wise was nothing but a rip off of Jimmy Liggins's Cadillac Boogie, which he had recorded some years early for, er, er, earlier rather for uh, specialty label. Now, one thing about the record is that uh, the amp uh, was dropped. Um, prior to the to the uh, session, and it, it punctured the speakers. So there's uh, so that's one thing that a lot of people point out. It's one of the uh, first examples of um, di- you know guitar distortion. It kind of reminds me of uh, Link Ray later in the day. You know, taking. Uh, um, a razor blade to his speaker cone and slicing it up. Ed, set the scene right now. Here we are at the Burnaby Blues Festival in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. We're backstage waiting for Ike Turner after he was performing with his band. That's right. And you're there filming the interview. I'm there doing the interview. And there's also another person filming the interview as well. And you can actually hear me ask Ike about, is this the first rock and roll record? And that's what I'm referring to when I say, is this the first rock and roll record? Yeah. Here we have an interview with Ike Turner and then Rarest of the Rare Part 
tune on an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Who are you? Ike Turner. And Ike, who do you have beside you? Audrey Madison. <laughs> Hello, my name is Audrey. And what do you do in a band, Audrey? I sing. And Ike, what do you do in a band, in the Kings of Rhythm? Everything. Everything from drums to horns, from to uh, piano to guitar, everything to vocal. Now, Audrey, Ike looks great, doesn't he? I know. <laughs> well, I look okay. No, I think he looks really, really, really handsome. Yeah, because I was wondering... Because I was wondering, Ike, how do you do it? Like, are you a vampire? How do you do it? Like, Sam Phillips, he looks great, you look great. How do you keep so youthful? Keep youth around. Is biologically incorrect. I don't know about that. But anyway, that's what, that's what she said. She said my birthday is wrong. I don't feel like it's wrong. <laughs> okay. So you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What do you remember about playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Ike? Well, first of all, I remember that uh, this is the first place I've ever came to outside of the United States was Vancouver, and I was expecting, I didn't know whether to look for Eskimos, uh, uh, igloos, uh, to look for Indian tents, I didn't know whether to look, you know, you know, expectations, so when I came up here, man, I, and we used to come up here quite a bit. Do you remember any of the clubs that you played, like Oil Can Harry's or the Groove Yard? No, I don't remember anything from back in there, man. I saw a lot of people tonight was telling me they used to go take me out to eat and get shirts and things, man. The first thing go when you get my mind is the, uh, get my age is the mind. So, uh. how about you, Audrey? I've never been here before. What about Ike's stories of Vancouver? What has he told you about Vancouver? What have you learned about Ike's time in Vancouver here tonight? Oh, well, this is one of the first places he played, and when he came here, it was like two. It was a very small place, like a two-road. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, in, wasn't in freeways in those days. It's yeah, really, uh, back in the '60s. Do you remember this band at all, Ike, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. No, I don't, man. Wow. Woo. No, I don't. Because they feature Bobby Taylor and also Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong and Floyd Sneed from Three Dog Night. Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't like to get into those things, do I remember? Because most of the stuff from back there, man, I don't remember. And, and so I'd be wasting time. To, and my brain is too tired right now to be going through, do I remember? You know, I would just rather stick with what I'm doing now, okay? I was just curious because Tommy Chong was in this band, and he says that they discovered Michael Jackson. I was wondering who discovered Michael Jackson. Oh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't have any idea. I don't know that much about Michael. I know them, but I don't really know that much about their career. When you first started recording, did you record under the name Loverboy? No, I did not. Because there was a band from Vancouver called Loverboy. I thought you record. Did you ever use the name Loverboy at all, Ike Turner? No, I did not, no. Mm-mm. How about Canada? Calgary, Canada. In your book, you talk about your oil wells in Calgary. How are those going, Ike? Oh, no, that's been stopped ever since 1979. I had a few oil wells up there. I used to get good money from up there. Calgary is kind of like cowboy country, Audrey. It is? Yes, it is. Do you like country music, Ike? Because didn't you record some country music back in the 50s? And no, I don't remember recording, but I know country is my favorite music. What artists did you enjoy back then? Oh, man, I don't really remember. Uh, uh, you're going back too far for me. <laughs> I don't remember which artists that I was listening to. Uh, Hank Williams. Uh, I don't know. Just a lot, just a lot of the, the hillbillies back in the day. Well, I guess it's going to be really hard, Ike, for you to understand or for you to tell me, is this really the first rock and roll record? Can you tell me if this is the first rock and roll record, Ike Turner? I think it was... Uh, um, 
I'll say it like this. Um, it was the cause of there being rock and roll, but I don't. I think this is R&B with Boogie Woogie, and I think that uh, they weren't playing race music in the days when this was cut, and I, a white radio station played it, and then it gave Sam Phillips an idea to go get Elvis Presley and uh, um, um, Jerry Lewis, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lewis, and some more, to, uh, because he thought that if he can get a white boy to sound like a black guy, he would have a gold mine. So that's what he did. I think it was a great idea. So they named it Rock and Roll after that. Do many people bring back the 78s to get autographed at all? Jeez, there goes that collector's item. Yeah, you better hang on to it, man. Seven-eighths, you know, like, you can't melt them back together today. <laughs> so, Ike, you're back on the road right now rocking. How are things going? Oh, fantastic. Everywhere we go, man, we, we have sold-out crowds, and um, it's just better than it ever been in my life, right, you know, so... I was reading your book, and it was a story about Duke, Duke, your old driver. And it used to be that he got tired, and he would, like, tie the wheel and then walk up and down the aisles of the bus so he wouldn't fall asleep. Have you had any troubles with drivers this time at all, Ike? No, but that, that, that's an outright lie about Duke. Duke never did that. He would, he would get sleepy by staying up chasing girls, and he would be hitting, his, hitting himself upside the head uh, to wake up. But he never did with tie stern wheel. Man, that's an outright, ooh, I don't even know how you die. <laughs> How you would even hear something like that? Wait, anyway, okay. There's some new bands out there that really enjoy you. I was going to say, actually, I have to take him. We have to go. We have uh, someplace else to be, so we have to cut it short. Okay, I just got a couple quick things. Just want to run through here, okay. if that's okay. okay. I was just curious. I brought a few records here. Escarita. Do you think Escarita inspired Little Richard at all, Mike Turner? I know I don't know anything about that at all. I don't even know who that is. And your, and your old friend... Uh, Andre Williams? Yeah, yeah, Andre Williams. I was with him uh, last uh, week, well, about three weeks ago. For fact, we just wrote a song together. Oh, that's amazing. When's that going to come out? Well, I don't know. I haven't recorded it yet. It's called, what's the name of it? Uh, diamond in the Rough. Yeah, called Diamond. She's a Diamond in the Rough. It's, it's going to be a good song. And lastly here, Ike, just wondering about this band right here, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. And here he is, Screamin' Jay, recently passed away. Do you have any, lastly, some good Screaming Jay stories to leave us with at all, Ike? No, I don't. I didn't know him very well, man. I, you know, I, I just knew those guys by name. I didn't know them personally, you know? Because in your book, you talk on page 159 here about the wild and crazy story you had where you had uh, a little party you put on for a car salesman. Uh, for a car salesman? What was that? I don't understand. I don't really... You brought eight women to a car salesman. Okay, well, I'll say this story, and then I'm going to end the interview. Yeah. Uh, that was a guy named Mel Johnson. He used to go and uh, carry my kids out, take care of our kids when I Tina was on the road. And... Uh, for his birthday, I had, um, I don't forget how many girls I had. I, I got them all to come to the, come to Bollock and um, surprise him with all these uh, girls. Um, he passed away about three or four years ago. But I understand he was kind of afraid of the girls, and you had to take over there, Ike. Well, you were something like that. Not exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, Ike. Really appreciate your time. Keep on rocking in a free world, and do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Baby, baby, yeah, yeah. Baby, baby, yeah, yeah. Baby, baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred seventy-six. Two hundred seventy-six is my baby. Oh no, baby, yeah. 
Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And what did we just hear there, Ed? Well, that was Sipson P. Kloop and uh, an unreleased cut from 1959. Talk about crazy rare. Nobody's got a copy of that one. To help kick off rarest of the rare on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Nobody has a copy. It's unreleased, so there's no price on it. But before that, an interview, speaking of price, a priceless interview with... Ike Turner. And did you hear your record drop in that interview there, Ed? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think I could take it again. <laughs> you know, I'll see it fall in there, man. It bounced off the floor pretty good. And, and, you know, I couldn't believe it, but it ended up in one piece. And that was Rocket 88. And you wanted, lastly, to mention something about B.B. King and Rocket 88? Well, you know, B, there's uh, actually there's a couple stories, you know. Um, Ike Turner says he, he um, discovered B.B. King, but, you know, it's just not true because B.B. King started recording in 49 and actually this is this story is uh, likely the true one is that bb king set up ike turner's first recording session it was ike that uh, or excuse me bb king that brought ike turner to sam phillips's attention and got him the uh, the session in the first place Right now, we have something here that you do have some documentation and prices on. We have Little Tot. What can you tell the people about Little Tot we have coming up here? Well, that's a crazy rare for a record from uh, Manitoba, uh, Canada. Um, it's by a guy named Art Young, and uh, I think there's um, a rumor that uh, he might be related to Neil. And this is worth what, Ed? Oh, this this one's only worth uh, about a hundred bucks or something like that. It's it's not more like those crazy rare uh, American rockabillies that we got coming up on Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show's Rarest of the Rare Part Two with Eddie, Crazy Eddie himself. I thought you were gonna say Eddie J. Here is Art <laughs> Young. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
pitbull energy and then it turned up the nose. But all the fellas know by the cut of her clothes, little tot.
again, you're still listening to the Nardward, a human serviette radio show, and rarest of the rare, part two, with Eddie J, Vancouver record collector. Hello, Ed. Hello there, Nardward. Wild. Expensive? Oh, very. That's an ultra-rare garage rocker and one of the most desirable of that genre. Only a few copies have ever surfaced, and... Uh, uh, it, if you had a mint copy, that probably could, could uh, reach two, 3000 if you were to sell it on eBay in mint condition. And before that, Eddie Gaines. Yeah, Eddie Gaines. It's always uh, nice for, when Eddie plays an Eddie, and uh, always glad to play Eddie records. That was Bebop Battling Ball, Eddie Gaines, uh, recorded for the Summit Record uh, Company. And that would uh, also be another $1,000 record. Do we have a date on that one? No. Do we have a date on the Gentries at all? Is I, that the same Gentries that did Keep On Dancing? You're not sure. You, I'm not sure. It's the same name, so it's quite possible. Speaking of dates, what do we have coming up right now? Harry and Jack. Harry and Jack are from Beale, Manitoba, originally. Um, uh, Harry w- uh, was uh, the main guy there. He wrote the, the, most of the songs. Jack was his brother. Halinga uh, is her um, last name. Um, Harry was kind of an interesting guy. He was one of those guys that, that back in the um, late 50s and early 60s used to put ads in, uh, in the papers saying, send your songs in and I'll fix them up and get them made into records. And he would take his uh, records down to, um, to Nashville and cut them down there. He and, and Jack and one of their friends uh, cut, a, cut their first record um, with uh, the Star Day people and had it re- released on a on a special, um, uh, what do they call that, uh, Vanity Press. Um, but uh, th- th- this one coming up now is called I Got a Feeling, which uh, Harry put on his um, uh, his own label. Let's see, what was that label? Oh, I just can't recall now. It's, it's escaped me, but... Uh, but at any rate, uh, this you was... You can't recall because whenever you look at the record, all you see is dollar signs, right? The rarity. <laughs> well, the, this one it, it, this one cost me about 60 bucks. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's not like $1,000 or something. But if you if you had to find a copy, it might take a long time to get it. Oh, yeah, the, I remember now. It's the, the Echo Phone label. And uh, I've got quite a few uh, records on the Echo Phone label. Probably, probably, maybe, the finest Echo Phone collection in Canada. This one came out in, in uh, that 1959-1960, uh, something like. Harry died in, a, in an accident. Uh, he he uh, rolled off his tractor. That happened in 56, so Harry's gone. Harry and... <laughs> Harry and Jack. I got a feeling. Thank you. 
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. I was just munching on a little cookie there. Ed, you don't like people eating near your records. You looked really angrily at me, didn't you? No, no, no. I was just thinking if I ate a cookie, I, I'd probably my my voice would uh, you know, get all dry and, uh, and hoarse, and people wouldn't be able to understand what I was saying. But speaking of bossing and what you should or shouldn't do, there's a connection to who we just played and Ian and Tyson. Well, actually, um, the the artist was Keith Hitchner for, from uh, High River, Alberta, and uh, he he recorded that um, oh about sixty one sixty two um, probably recorded in in Nashville with uh, pro musicians and uh, and and issued on his Highwood River record label and uh, later in the day he was um, Ian Tyson's manager and Ian recorded a couple of records that came out on Highwood and I think that would be in the early 70s but uh, those cuts were really early um, um, of course I just don't like this kind of living is um, uh, a Hank Williams tune and what we're doing today in an Ardwarty Human Serviette Radio if I haven't said it enough already is Rarest of the Rare Part 2 and a lot of these records are very expensive but also they've never really been played before. How many copies are out there, and did these receive any airplay any time? Well, probably that last one has probably been ne- never been played in uh, in the United States of America, and it's and it's probably never been played in uh, any other part of Canada other than Alberta. And what's the price on that particular one? That has no value because no one has known that to, to uh, have a copy. Except you have a copy. And you're ready, Ed, to part with it. So right now, send your bids to the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Just email nardwar at nardwar.com, and I'll pass on your particulars to Ed. Right, Ed? Start, Are you... start at 2000 <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of $2,000, what do we have coming up right now on Rarest of the Rare? Well, this is a record that... Uh, uh, really is worth two thousand um, dollars. I've only seen one copy. Um, well, actually, two copies. I've seen two copies being offered. Actually, I saw a, a mint minus copy offered for two thousand five hundred U.S. dollars, and uh, and that's cheap actually because a VG plus copy, which is much. Um, uh, you know, it's got a lot more scratches in a mint one. It was uh, sold for $2,225. So this is uh, an American classic rockabilly item. Buy? This is uh, Jack Gautreau, which, which is actually a, cor- a corruption of a uh, French name. Uh, this one's called Lobo Jones. <laughs> He hit the how-how-how. He drove a low-slung border with the top chopped down. Let the copper hit a Texas when he was around. He wore a black leather jacket with tight blue jeans. A real lady killer, if you know what I mean. They call him low.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, and Rarest of the Rare, Part 2, with Eddie J. Eddie Ed! Ed, what did we just hear right there? Well, what what did we just hear? Junior? Right that was Junior Gravely. Who I thought was a lady. Me, I thought it was a lady. Yeah, well, Junior, uh, Junior's a guy. It's got to be a guy with a high voice, right? You lied to me, honey. And before that, some Lobo? Lobo Jones, but uh, Jackie Gotro. And coming up right now, what do we got? Well, um, coming up next is... is a oh, ne- anything about Junior Gravely. Well, only that it's a, a crazy rare record. Uh, a copy uh, sold for $2,500 in the early 1990s. So, you know, if you had a mint one and you were selling it today, you, you might be able to get $5,000 U.S. for it. Maybe even more, just possible. Where's he from? Don't know anything about Junior. How do you get a hold of all these records, and how did you get a hold of all these people? Well, I've been a crazy record collector for a long, long time, looking for the rarest of the rare. And actually, um, the way I found uh, the the Keith Hitchner records is I was in Calgary talking to uh, Calgary. This is coming up. we got some more Keith Hitchner. Yeah, we got another one coming up. And, uh, and you're excited. I'm like, Ed, you're playing another Keith Hitchner. You're like, man, these records have not been played anywhere, anytime, have they? Like, you were truly excited to be playing these records right oh, now, yeah, aren't you, Ed? Absolutely, because, um, you know, especially these Canadian records, they've never been heard in the U.S. of A. to begin with. They've never been heard in British Columbia or other places uh, in Canada c- concerning the, the Keith Hitchner record. Um, the, actually, so the second Keith Hitchner is coming up. It's a remake uh, of an Elvis tune, uh, When My Blue Moon go- Turns to Gold Again. Actually, um, yeah, now that I think about it, I was actually in Edmonton. And, you know, of course, Edmonton and Calgary have great rivalry. rivalry and uh, actually... Um, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, they might have cost me a little bit more if I had bought them from a Calgary guy. But I got them from an Edmonton guy who sold them to me cheap. That was great. So, uh, and actually, it wasn't until I already had them, I, I, I had bought them from uh, the Edmonton fellow that, that I was talking to a Calgary guy. And then I learned all about uh, Keith. And um, he said, well, why don't you phone him up? He's right there in High River. And, of course, I wouldn't have known that except that I knew this Calgary record collector. So I phoned him up and I talked to him and I I told him that we're going to put this out on a uh, CD for, uh, out of uh, Holland. And uh, that's why I made that, uh, this particular CD, Rarest of the Rare, because a guy named uh, Cease Klopp um, wants to put that out on his record label and make them available to everyone in the whole world. Just like we're doing today in an Artboard Human Support Radio Show. And right after that, we're going to hear some Jack Green, Honey Bear, which nobody knows anything about. That's right. It's um, you don't even have a price on it. No, no price on it. Although I, I had to slip a guy a hundred bucks to, to to get a copy. That was quite a few years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure this came out on a Montreal label, so he may be uh, an, um, a Montreal guy. So here we have Keith Hitchner on Rarest of the Rare, Volume Two. Well, when my blue moon turns to gold again Someday they're gonna live 
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with Rarest of the Rare, Volume 2, featuring Eddie... Eddie J. Eddie J, what did we just hear and what do we got coming up? Well, that was uh, Jack Green for, uh, on, a, on, a, on a super rare Montreal label that's actually not even known. Uh, and I'm actually just, I have to guess that it's from Montreal because I've got a, uh, an LP that, that has the same logo as the 45, and that's why I'm guessing it's Montreal. Um, a honey bear. Honey bear, yeah. And we're going to hear the flip side of that record when we come back to the Canadian stuff. But first, we're going to hear Jess Hooper all messed up. On rarest of... Oh, what? Are you going to say about Jess... Any price on Jess Hooper here on rarest... We're talking about rarest of the rare here, Ed. Is it all about price or is it rarity? What do we got here on this guy? Well, it, it's all about price, really, because... Um, <laughs> like that. Just boil it right down. It's all about price. They're all they're all $1,000 records. Can you imagine owning all of them on Mint Minus? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know if anybody in the world has got all of them in Mint Minus, but if they have, they're $1,000 a pop. And this is Jess? This is Jess Hooper, and we're popping off on All Messed Up. With what price? Oh, the, this one is, is in the book for 1000 to 1500 and probably we go with, for double that these days. Night, Robert Stompin', Robert Stompin', 
Listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, Rarest of the Rare, Volume 2. Ed, who's been helping me today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, what did we just hear right there? Well, that was Grady Lewis and Rompin' Stompin'. Some Canadian action. No, it's coming up, coming up. Okay, um, we're, oh, okay. we're, we're going to go back to Jack Green. We're going to hear, hear the, um, the flip side. But Grady of that Lewis record. could be Canadian because you know nothing about him, right? Oh, no, he's American, guaranteed. Okay. Um, and then we're going to hear uh, another... Sorry, sorry, let's, let's... Some Canadian auction coming up. That's it. So we're going to hear another, the, the A-side of the Jack Green record, uh, which came out on the Rock label, um, I think, from Montreal. And then we're going to hear... Uh, low, um, excuse me. We're going to hear Chinese Baby by Joe Padula from 58. And, uh, you know, that that's a record that could have been a big hit in right here in, in British Columbia because we've always had a big Chinese population. We had a record called uh, Ch- uh, China Doll, which was a, a big hit here. And then earlier in the day, um, Red Robinson, our, our local co- contribution to the uh, Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame, um, used to play a, a, a tune called My Rockin' Chinese uh, Baby. Let's see. No, uh, see what was that called? Let's see, my rockin' China doll or something. Oh, I've forgotten. Anyway, to heck with it. We're go- we're gonna play Chinese baby. Two Canadian rockers coming up, and then if we have time, because we're signing off right now, Ed, we have the amazing, 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 amazing with an M. The amazing record that you love so much. If yes. we have time, we're gonna try to put this in. What is this? The Lonesome Drifter, which um, uh, d- doing a thing called Eager Boy, which. Um, um, Oh, um, that, um, let's see, uh, Craig Moore in uh, Portland, Oregon just sold a copy for th- 5,101 U.S. dollars. So if we can actually fit it into the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Shows, we leave the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show with Ed. Ed, thank you so much for coming out to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Two Canadian rockers hopefully going to kick into the $5,000 rocker. And I think it's great with your price guide that you've brought out here. I can look at your price guide, and your price guide you use as a bookmark checks. Like, you actually have checks right in with your price guide, Ed. Well, it's not from a live bank account. So anything else you want to add to the people out here at all? Bye! And doot-doodaloot-doo. Doot-doot. Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. 
When she rocks the bop, she's a real gone cookie and man. She's got locomotion, and she knows how to use it. She causes a commotion every time she starts to rock. Rock a little baby. Well, she swing you to the left, and she swing you to the right. Ah, uh-huh, real nice. She's got locomotion, and she knows how to use it. She causes a commotion every time she starts to rock. Smart, she's nobody's fool, and when she starts to rock real cool, she's got a locomotion, and she knows how to use it. She causes a commotion every time she starts to rock. Well, the baby rock, she really goes. She shakes and I tell you, Jake, she's got a locomotion, and she knows how to use it. She causes a commotion every time she starts to rock. All aboard She causes a commotion All aboard She's got locomotion Baby, baby, 
know this Chinese baby of mine? She's getting really tired. But if she falls asleep, baby, we're gonna wake her up. Well, Chinese baby, won't you give me your love? Easy. 